Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. episode about how we are sort of rooted in an election cycle as a podcast because we had Mm. only just begun when the United States election, uh, presidential election happened in 2016. Uh, It shaped a lot of the work that we were doing in the space. It shaped a lot of the community that has happened here. Uh, This community has come together in some incredible ways. We have people who were listening to the podcast who wrote in to say they ran for office. We have people who have organized. We have people. I mean, like you all have done a lot of shit as a collective community. And so fuck yes. Like, let us take a moment of celebration to just, you know, feel good for a minute. Let's feel good for a minute. I don't. I don't recognize this feeling. <laughs> I posted on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but somebody tweeted like, this is me trying to receive good news. And it's this raccoon who's like poking <laughs> his little hands out like maybe this is a treat, but also maybe not. As I think our listeners are aware, there's so much work to be done. And also the election, you know, put in a bright shining light what we already saw in over the last four years, which is like, wow, there's a lot to do here. Um, so it's it's celebrating uh, the good things and allowing ourselves to feel joy for a moment. Um, but also I've felt a bit anxious over the last few days, and I'm sure a lot of people have too. Yes, 100%. And could I just say... Uh, while we are really tuned in to feeling good feelings where we can get them and presidencies and that raccoon you just brought up, <laughs> could I tell you and everyone listening that I just learned about Rebecca the raccoon, who was a raccoon kept as a pet by U.S. President Calvin <gasps> Coolidge and First Lady Grace Coolidge. Rebecca came from Mississippi. She was sent to the White what? House to be served for the 1926 what? Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, what served like I guess as food, but they decided to keep her as a pet Wait, instead. They were eat Rebecca. Um, this has gone off the rails. I, I, <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't read. I didn't read all of this before I started reading it out loud. But let me just tell you a couple more things. For Christmas, an embroidered collar was made for her, inscribed with the title Shut "White the House Raccoon." Up. She. She enjoyed participating, as you might expect, in the annual White House <laughs> Easter egg roll. She was. Also fed shrimp and persimmons. She was let loose in the White House and walked on a leash outdoors. At times, she could be mischievous and was known to unscrew light bulbs, open cabinets, and unpot houseplants. Oh my fucking God. Okay, petition begun for a new White House raccoon. (laughs) But so yeah, Jenny, you know, I just am happy to hold a little bit of space here with you and with all of our listeners. Um, we've been doing a lot together. We're going to keep doing a lot together. And uh, we celebrated this weekend. Uh, we celebrated and we took a deep breath and onward ho. Eh? How dare you? 
Um, hey, don't we have a live taping coming up? <laughs> yes, we do. We do have a live taping coming up. Uh, we had to... On a very special day. We had to day. postpone our live taping uh, that was scheduled in October, and we moved it. So if you weren't able to do that, or if you're catching up with the podcast now, guess what? You're in luck. Our first live taping of season six is happening on Sunday, November 22nd. It's a day that has some meaning. I can't recall exactly what that's the anniversary mm. of. But, oh, right, of course, it's the day of my birth, the blessed day of my blessed mm. birth, November yes. 22nd. That is the day that I shall begin to be the same age as Kristen, which is something I do every year for you 25 know what I just days. Realized? I should get an advent calendar every year, but instead of it leading up to Christmas, it should be celebrating the 25 yes. days that I get to be the same age as you. <sighs> Delightful. <laughs> Please. Uh, yes, two um... 39-year-old hosts will be live on the internet November 22nd mm. at 6 p.m. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity <laughs> to see us tape an episode while we're both 39. Yeah, you can grab tickets at uh, bit.ly bit slash life serial. Uh, you can also go to the calendar of events and you can find all the information there. Also, a lot of you, especially uh, people who are not in the United States, were like, hey, but what about PayPal? Uh, you only are accepting credit cards. Well, guess what? I built a robot uh, to allow us to accept PayPal. So if you go to either of those links, you'll be able to use PayPal to buy a ticket if you don't have a credit card and want to join us. So that's a fun thing. Uh, Jenny, you and I have to make sure that we get hard hats. Uh, we pr I promised that we would be wearing mm. hard hats for the taping. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Wow. Two hosts, both 39, both in East Coast time zones talking Incredible. about things in hard hats. I mean, you really can't miss it. Looking forward to it. Mm, same. Now, listen, as we already addressed, there was an election, you know, but it wasn't the only election. It wasn't it's the true. only democratic process to go on <laughs> in the recent, very recent past. I'm, of course, talking about last episode's Sexual Tension Awards. Listen, you Tara and Willow purists, I respect your convictions, but how could you only give Tara and Anya hiding behind a rock 7% of the vote and put them in fourth place? How could you allow them to be beaten out by Tito and the Zand in third place with 8% of the vote? How further still, how further still could you leave Tara stroking Anya's hair out in the cold in second place with a mere 22% of the vote. And why must you insist, no matter what the circumstances and no matter who else is running, to always award Willow and Tara the top slot? In this case, with 63% of the vote, I feel like we gave you so many hot <laughs> noms in all uh, of our slots. And no, you insist Jenny, on, you always you go back. Advantage of your position in this intro to say slots and noms again. And <laughs> I would like to, I would like to defend our noble listeners hmm. in the fact that Tara literally put an axe in a demon's yeah. back it's true. for Willow. So it's I get true. It. What, I am, what I am actually most upset about is that we wrote an entire script for a show called T -T -T Tito and the Zand, and you gave yes. it 8%. I think Boo. that Tito and the Zand really How do we not take that personally, listeners? Showing. Though rumor has it, Jenny, rumor has it that uh, episode four of this season, Flooded, may give us a little bit more of Tito and the Zand. Mm. So, <laughs> well, something to look forward to. 
Congratulations to Butch, Tara, and Willow. We will be sending you your trophies. They'll have little axes in their hands. Nice. Uh, <laughs> for you. Uh, in case you missed it, we released on Halloween a brand new t-shirt designed by Isabella Rotman. It is so beautiful. It says, you messed with the wrong witch. Uh, That's right. And really on brand right now. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think some people messed with some wrong witches. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> And it has this incredible drawing of a witch on it who is covered in Buffy the Vampire Slayer themed tattoos. So really, it's just super fun. You can uh, obviously find all of our stuff at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. You could just click on shop. Those shirts are available in the UK store and the US store. Um, And Jenny, you know I like to read a little email from one of our listeners up at the front here. Um, I figured I'd stay on the witch theme. You you ready for an email from Tyler? I've never been more ready. Great. Uh, Tyler writes in, hey, uh, just finished this week's episode and I wanted to email in with a little bit more of my witchy knowledge. For the record, Kristen, you recounted your research on Aradia beautifully. Thank you so much, Tyler. Wow. So Aradia in the mythology of gospel of the witches was sort of regarded as the first witch on earth. Her archetypal energy is very similar in this humble witch's opinion to that of Jesus. She's a human of divine parentage sent to earth as a savior of the oppressed. What is extra fascinating to me is who Aradia's parents actually are. It is said that she is the daughter of Diana, the moon goddess, who we have heard invoked in the show before in season two by Amy, and of Lucifer, the archangel and bringer of light. Diana and Lucifer were siblings. It's getting really Game of Thrones up in here. As they grew, Diana lusted after Lucifer, and he spurned her advances. So Diana used a glamour to assume the form of his beloved cat to lie in bed with him. Eventually, uh, she seduced Lucifer and gave birth to Aradia. As the cat or in her Diana form? That's you know what, what I want to know. None of my business. None of our business. Uh, Tyler does say really dicey morally on Diana's part. Uh, I've only read through the Gospel of the Witches once, but if you're interested in learning more, Holy Strega by Raven Gramasi has been recommended to me in the past and has more on the subject from a more relatable lens than the Gospel of the Witches. Um the last thing in Tyler's email that made me really happy was that they say, on a more personal and serendipitous witchy note, I've been feeling an overwhelming call to work with Aradia in my craft and had been holding out for a sign. I definitely took her name drop in my favorite podcast as confirmation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, okay. You know, we should get into this episode. You've all been so patiently waiting. We took last week off um, to just sit and count. We were counting votes. We were just one. Mm-hmm. Did you did you see the meme that was like Nevada counting One, votes? There's some great memes. I gotta I gotta give it to the election for memes, man. The mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the internet was really full of creative, wonderful, hilarious things. We did take last week off, so we have this special Monday episode for you. And uh, Angel on Top will be back next week on November 13th. Mac McDade is going to be talking to LaToya Ferguson uh, about the next episode of Angel on Top. And you can go to the calendar on our website and see the updated schedule. We basically just pushed out a week, so you'll get us the week of uh, November 25th. Hell. Yeah. Deep breath, everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. As they say, just keep fighting. Um, And hey, you know, we didn't put this jingle in the podcast proper, Jenny, and it seems appropriate given uh, some of these celebration that we are having. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let us continue together to smash. The Patriarchy! (laughs) 
welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> one by one, spoiler-free. <laughs> I am road-weary Jenny Owen Youngs, <laughs> and I am totally wide awake, ready to tackle the world, Kristen Russo. Uh, hey, this week we are here to talk to you about Buffy, season six, episode three, Afterlife. I would like to report that Jenny Owen Young's sitting in a closet in the dark recording this episode. It is a joy for me. And perhaps if you're lucky, I'll share a picture with you, the internet. Uh, Please do not. Also being recorded in that closet is a song because every other week, this podcast has an original song <laughs> written by road weary Jenny Owen Young's herself, recapping the Buffy episode that we're discussing. That's right. Well, my personal injuries aside, Afterlife was written by Jane Espenson and directed by David Solomon and originally aired on October 9th, 2001. Just. <laughs> we'll, let you, we'll, we'll give you a pass this time, Jenny. Just I can't a, do math just right a now. Hop, just a hop, skip and a jump before your 25th birthday. Yes. 20th. 20th. Um, Hey, this is the one where Buffy and her friends battle a demon that may have hitched a ride with Buffy as she crossed into the world from another dimension, another dimension. Um, Also, I like that this, I like that whoever wrote this IMDb summary was like keeping it spoiler free. Like it may have hitched a ride. (laughs) Tune in and very thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, magic, it always has its consequences, doesn't it, Jenny? That's what they say. It is. It's what they say. But it seems to not be what they consider, you know? (laughs) I mean, listen, one of my biggest issues jumping into season six of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the lack of consideration that has happened by the Scooby gang in their efforts in the first two episodes. And like, I feel so, you know, we'll get to the, we'll get to the beat by beat. You know, we will, but for a moment, let me just talk about how it's Spike and Dawn in this episode who are the only ones who have any fucking idea what to give to Buffy, what to do for Buffy and how to take care of the situation. Spike and Dawn, two of the three people that were kept in the dark about this entire fucking plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, of course, uh, on his on his way on a plane, apparently f- uh, back from the UK. Thank God he's probably used his personal item for the green mug so that it will not be broken upon his return. And you know, if Giles was here, he would be Team Spike and Don. Yes. What's yes. wrong with these yahoos? Get you know, get a team. They're fucking horrible in this episode. I've never been so disappointed in the Scoobies as I am in this episode Mm. of uh, Afterlife. Truly, truly, uh, very let down. Uh, Mom is very disappointed. (laughs) Incredibly let down. (laughs) But I suppose we should start at the beginning. In the alleyway, where else? Where else? But an alleyway. Oh, Xander's senses are primed for danger. (laughs) As you would expect. Yes, uh, unfortunately, they were not primed uh, because vroom, vroom, baby, there goes the motorcycle gang. They almost run them over on their way out of town. I like that Xander refers to this as the big skedaddle. Yeah, it Uh, reminds me of the big switcheroo, the big Halloween switcheroo, you know, similar vocab. It's the big Halloween switcheroo. 
It's the big Halloween switcheroo. You don't even know who you're gonna be. It depends where you got your costume. See, it's the big Halloween switcheroo. So, Jenny, all of Sunnydale is on fire, um, and the Scooby gang here, they're walking through the streets. It's not nary yeah. a one person. Nary a one. Not a fireman, not a police officer. No. Nobody cares about Sunnydale on fire. And this is a casual stroll. Everyone's <laughs> just walking and talking so casually, so, smelling uh, the flowers. I, I mention this now because I'm going to talk about it later. So just... just okay. Stick that in your pipe and do not yet smoke it. Okay. Thank you. Pipe loaded. Lighter. Wait. Nice. So, um, you know, Willow is like, it was really Buffy, right? This is the beginning of Willow's, like, unraveling throughout this episode of, uh, I mean, uh, Willow hits a lot of beats here. Uh, but this one, mm. this one is just her being like, uh, is it okay? Anya just ramping it up. Anya is non-fucking-stop in this episode. Anya's just, like, coming in with the hits. She says she's broken. Uh, You know, she doesn't think she's okay. And Willow is like, what if she never gets over it? Where, I ask, is the plan for recovery for Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Where is Buffy Summer's trauma recovery plan? How did we not have one for her upon her arrival? Oh, why make a plan when you can just go about bringing back the dead all willy-nilly? God. I also think um, Anya is often picking up the torch where Cordelia dropped it. The Mm. person who says what Mm -hmm. everyone is probably thinking but doesn't want to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she literally does that for this entire episode. And Spike, too. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, Spike, but Spike and Anya are very Cordelia-esque in that way of just, like, speaking this shit out loud. And they're, they're being quiet in all the wrong places and loud in all the wrong places. You know, there's there's something to be said for keeping Buffy a bit protected in these first few fucking hours at post-digging herself out of her own grave, for sure. But they're keeping her in the dark about things she should be kept informed about and they're informing her about shit that she need not be informed of and being very loud about it so um dawn returning home with buffy um after the tower has collapsed they uh, are back home and buffy is looking um very similar to beer bad buffy actually i i was thinking about the comparison you know it's very very similar styling for her post grave and cave woman buffy totally I love that they were like, well, when you die, your hair keeps growing for a while. So her hair is longer than it was Mm -hmm. and extra fluffy. So fluffy. Uh, And she's kind of, you know, she's got some dirt around her neck, which uh, Uh, will be addressed shortly. Yeah. So, you know, Don says home. She's, you know, there's this, there's a very big uh, uh, comparison in, in this episode and, and the ones prior and perhaps the ones that lie ahead between home and hell, which is relatable content in this, the year 2020. Um, but then we go to the credits. And now to your neck dirt uh, topic, Jenny, it seems like Dawn has given Buffy like a light pat down with a washcloth. And 
You're going to crawl through six feet of dirt after laying in a grave for three months, five months, whatever right? it's been, and you're not going to get in the shower? Right. Like, at least give get the girl in the shower. a bath. Get her, like, a nice suds going. Let her soak herself. Her bones are probably all creaky from being immersed in soil for 147 days. I mean, come on. So, anyway, she's clean, and the choice of um, post resurrection outfit by dawn is a white shirt which is an interesting choice since she has very bloody knuckles um Mm. but it is it actually is like costume to mood wise a good choice because buffy when she dresses herself dresses herself in a black shirt um later in the episode so i think like fine practically no but we get what you're trying to say here um the scoobies everybody wants recognized yeah, everybody wants uh, Buffy to be okay, and Buffy is like, guess what? I'm fucking not. Um, mm-hmm. I am not okay. The thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, well, two things. One is before they go up to clean up, um, you know, they're walking through the house, and Buffy is disoriented already, as is, but is uh, doubly disoriented because so much is different in, in the house. Willow and Tara live there, and they've moved some tables around in the room and oh, what yeah. have you, and... When she looks into the living room, she looks at a picture of Joyce and they hold it a beat, you know, and and yeah. that's really rough, especially with what we learn in this episode. And, um, you know, just wondering if there was any kind of I mean, she says she she talks about like this warmth and that like she was loved. And so you have to really wonder if the biggest loss that she had in season five, which was her mom is something that she lost all over again in with this with this resurrection and yeah. it's yeah mm. it's it's rough um and and then my second question for you Jenny is what do you think happens after we die just a light just a light um uh, just a super listen i'm in a closet right now <laughs> and it's very dark <laughs> I don't know. What do you think happens? Something that I feel like I have experienced as a person growing up in a Catholic family was the very rigid ideas around a lot of things that like... Mm. Bridget, I don't know what you mean. You know, there was no room for not knowing. And that always bothered me. So in a what happens to us after we die place you know a lot of my extended family has this very very visually explicit idea of like we walk through the gates and Jesus is there and then we see all the people who we've lost before us and it's great good on them I mean you know screw a lot of them for a lot of other reasons but good on them that they have this wonderful picture and that I've never believed that but I have always believed that there is something and so I like I would say that I probably align with a bit of what Buffy describes that like hey you know what um i know that i'm limited enough in this human uh bag of bones and skin to not be able to fucking know how to envision what that's like but i do think that there is some sense of it that there's some sense of it after some sense of like chilling yeah just like you know when you have every once in a while you're just like washing the dishes and you just feel good just like for no fucking just you don't even know why it happened but it's just there and you're like there's this fleeting little piece inside i think it's just like Mm. that extended um or i think it's just like being asleep where you know you don't know where you go a la Billie eilish (laughs) 
Right. Well, last night I had a very long, complicated, claustrophobic dream the whole time I was asleep about traveling across Ireland in like a two-person container that was like we were in a tunnel underground and then we were on a mountain. It was very bad. So I'm just saying sleep isn't always relaxing. Cool. Well, (laughs) well, I mean, listen, just two sides of the coin. (laughs) Okay, well, anyway, I'm curious about afterlife thoughts, you know? Um, I would love I would love for you to write in to me, Kristen Russo, at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com and uh, tell me what you think about the afterlife. And if they're scary enough, I'll forward them to Jenny Owen Youngs uh, to read and- in, her, in the dark <laughs> of her closet. Uh, lit from below by my <laughs> iPad only. Also, if you want to tell Kristen when you're writing in what you think will happen specifically to me when I die. Oh, my uh, God. That's that would rock. So creepy. <laughs> uh, bringing Halloween right into the shiny month of November for you over here. Yeah. So Buffy's just on a little speed tour of the house on Ravello Drive. And Don is <laughs> like, could you please slow down? And Buffy's like, no. What else is different? And Don's like, well. Giles left today. It's interesting that she doesn't say where he went. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he'll come right back. Somebody's going to call him. And then <gasps> a noise from downstairs. Uh, Spike is back. Uh, Spike has returned. Uh, okay, so Spike has two incredible, like, quip slash lines before the moment that them will, like, take us deep into spike feelings territory which is then mm-hmm. he says mm-hmm. first he says he's, you scared me to dawn he's calling up to dawn for the bottom of the stairs you scared me half to death and then he reconsider it or more to death which i appreciate <laughs> <laughs> and then he says i i'm so angry with you i could rip your head off and drink from your brain stem glorious no. glorious a question for our beautiful, scientifically inclined listenership. Oh. Uh, does anybody know if there's anything you could drink out of the human brainstem, you know, kind of easily? Like if suddenly uh, Spike were to have a head and attached brainstem uh, in his hand, mm-hmm. would he actually be able to, to drink anything out of there? Or, or is this more of a... Like hyperbolic or whatever. Wow, can't wait to report back on our findings for that. <laughs> Don't uh... forget to write into Kristen at <laughs> bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. So, Jenny, you and I were supposed to tape this episode live. This was our planned live taping. Um, but then you got ill. Thankfully, you are better. And also now 3,000 miles from where you once were uh, over it's here. True. Yes, your podcast hosts are reunited on the East Coast in the same time zone. What will happen? But um, I'm really glad that we are instead taping Life Serial together because I really didn't on my first viewing, like I did not realize how intense this entire episode was with Spike and Buffy. pretty Um, intense. I knew that obviously there's the big reveal at the end. But yeah, this is devastating. The beginning of the devastation of... I was thinking about this. So, oh, good. 
<laughs> I think that I, I'm a person. Uh, I don't know if you would put yourself in this category, Jenny, but y- you may. I think I'm a person who's walked through like a pretty decent amount of loss in my life. You know, like there's been some fucking serious shit um, that has happened in, in my near to 40 years. Not there yet. Real close. Not there. <laughs> Make and, every second remaining count. Yes. And I have found that I have a very immediate and instant connection when I engage with somebody who has lost, who has who has, you know, experienced loss of varying kinds. You know, I'm talking about, you know, uh, losing a losing a parent or losing a pregnancy or losing a marriage or losing. You know, there's there's a lot. And so it doesn't have to be the exact same loss that like I have gone through. But I feel that there's a connection. And I just like really picked that up on this most recent launch of Afterlife of, oh, OK, Spike and Buffy are they're on the same level now. They've they've mm. seen uh, I mean, you know, it's it's quite literally laid out for us with Spike knowing that she has dug herself out of her own grave because he has dug himself out of his own grave. So that's the way they spell it out for us. But I feel like one of the metaphors in it is that they have both seen that piece of life that is so dark and so hard that you can't really look at it for very long and you have to kind of move to the others. But you can always see that in people, I think. Um, so that's my deep thoughts. I'm so sorry. I'm full of deep thoughts. It's, a t- you know, it's November 2020. So like fucking give me yeah, a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? I was, is anything serious going on? Anything got you on edge? Huh. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, I I think we really are. This is uh, the beginning. This is mm-hmm. the first layer of foundational bricks being masoned. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you get it. His fucking his face when he realizes like split second. It's like we kind of are reliving the moment when he kissed Buffy. Right. At the like the mm-hmm. and, and it was Buffy and not the Buffy bot. And he knew it was like it's like that replayed where he's like bot, not a bot. Um, and Buffy very like self-consciously buttons her shirt. She's very, very vulnerable in this entire mm-hmm. episode, especially the first like three quarters of the episode. And she you can tell that she feels like very exposed in many ways. Um, and so she's like hiding her hands, buttoning her shirt. Spike so gently walks her into the living room. And she, I think, asks the first like real, real, real question to him because of that trust. How long was I gone? I'm in 47 days yesterday. Well, I'm in 48 today. Except today doesn't count, does it? Oh, and then he says, how long was it for you? Again, this, like, he knows... He knows the questions to ask. He knows the questions not to ask. She senses mm-hmm. that and is just completely real with him. Uh, and he also is gentle, he listens so to her when she says longer and you see his face. I don't know that I've seen an actor deliver listening so completely, intensely and perfectly as James Marsters does in that last beat of this scene. He is fully, completely there for her and really wanting to like make sure that she knows she has an ally in this traumatic fucking experience. I mean, we see him later yeah. in the episode literally punch a wall. He, he his hands mirror her hands. He he mm-hmm. wants to 
he wants to carry this with her, which is what is so hard to witness here because we've been on such a journey with Spike. And, you know, we we saw how he was broken at the end of season five with the loss of her. And, you know, we're going to have a lot to navigate. So I'll say. Yeah. And then this is weird. Then a herd of wild water buffalo just I mean, trample seriously. in the front door. I didn't even know there were water buffalo in Sunnydale. Yeah, they got out of the fucking zoo, man. They left the hyenas behind and yeah, 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 came yeah. rolling in. Oh my god, they're awful. They're awful. They're just like loud, you know, first of all, like the loudness so loud. of it. It's it's just like, you know, it's like it a really highlights like the contrast between like the interaction that yeah. she's having with Spike and the interaction they're trying to have with her. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I know that, that that's the point, but I do want to say that I think I don't think Tara would have shown up in this gang like this. I I think that Tara would have been on the Dawn Spike page. She just seems like she is way more intuitive than this and to know to to make them be quiet. And um and I know they have to be the United Quartet so that we can have this right, parallel, right, right. but you know. Oh yeah. This herd of buffalo, here's where I want to come back to their casual stroll through the flaming alleyways of Sunnydale. They bust in through this door like out of breath, like they've been sprinting all the way here, (laughs) but they haven't been. They were doing their walk and talk, covering Uh, a lot of expositional ground, really just taking their time with it, you know, exploring the space. (sighs) And it's dawn. Who is the one to say, first of all, she's oh like, gosh. you fucking knew she was back? What the fuck did you do? Dawn doesn't say that. But let me tell you what Dawn would say that if it, this was not on uh, television. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, she's like, guys, back off. Um, and they're basically like, oh, OK, yeah, you're right. We should ask Buffy what she wants, which also is not a good like none of their ideas are good. And um, Buffy <laughs> says, <laughs> Buffy says, I want to go to sleep. And then Willow has one of the worst lines of the episode, though she has a, a couple uh. other pretty shitty ones before this one's out. Um, but Buffy, be happy. We got you out. Um, it's really rough, especially when you look at I mean, I, I Telling somebody who's just suffered immeasurable trauma to find happiness is not the way. It's literally never the way, you know? Yeah. I I get where Willow is coming from because they've had five months. It's been five months, right? Yes. 147 days, about five months. Sure. Yeah. So they've, they've, (laughs) they've had five months to really drill down on the idea that like Buffy is definitely, has definitely been in a hell dimension. Right. Right. Because she had a, you know, paranormal uh mystical death and yeah. dimensional rift death or whatever <laughs> uh and so i get where willow is coming from but even when angel came back buffy didn't like jump to conclusion you know what i mean she like yes felt the situation as she was reading the room nonstop. yeah yeah Anya giving us uh, the second of many joys uh, in this episode from her jet lag from hell. Has got to be jet lag from hell. Nice. (laughs) Followed by when everyone seems a little stressed out that Buffy went to bed uh, and Willow says, she's fine. She used to go to bed all the time. time. (laughs) Um, Which is nice. What we didn't say is the moment that the herd of water buffalo comes in, Spike oh, Spike f- is out. 
he, he doesn't out. even yeah. he doesn't even acknowledge them. He just fucking leaves. It's like it's like mag like magnets facing the wrong way, you know, just like boom, one comes in, the other shoots out. Anya and Xander leave. I didn't mean to say Xander like Spike does when he does an American <laughs> accent. It just happened. Um, and you know they have a, a brief exchange, kind of acknowledging that it's ridiculous that they would think that buffer that. <laughs> That the buffering Buffy. would be okay. Well, I almost said buffering because Xander calls Buffy Bufferin, which I thought was funny because right, it's right. only one letter off from the name of our podcast. Mm. But yes, uh, essentially Anya is like, oh yeah, sure, six to fucking seven days. That's all you need after like being tormented in a hell dimension to recover. Spike is crying at the tree. Spike is in his place at his place. <laughs> Spike's place. Spike's tree. Now, this is interesting. He grabs Xander by the collar and puts him up against the tree and feels no neurological pain. Interesting. You think it's um, because he has no... Because he has to have an intent. It's not. To, it's intent, right? Right. It's intent. It's, so, he, he, he doesn't want to hurt... He's not. His plan is not to hurt Xander. Right, uh, right, right, right. But I think there are other situations in which like, he could have made a similar move and experienced pain, but his like motivation is so... Pure. Right. 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 It's like he, uh. he is he's so devastated. And the fact that Spike that we are seeing Spike say to Xander, you didn't tell me I worked beside you all summer. It's so I don't think we've ever seen Spike say anything like that. No, God, no. He's uh. so vulnerable. He's like genuinely hurt and, and feels yeah. so betrayed. And then he um, turns a little flashlight on. Mm-hmm. And uh, highlights for Xander that Willow must have opted to keep him out of the loop and Don mm-hmm. and Giles, mm-hmm. probably all for the same reason that if that she knew there was a possibility mm-hmm. Buffy might come back, not totally Buffy, and that something might have to be done about it. Right. Yeah. And that Spike, Don and Giles are all people. Mm hmm. Who potentially would not let that happen. Yeah, a thousand percent. And this like really dovetails quite nicely with the fact that in episode one of this season, we saw Willow kill a cute little doe idea. Uh, and and this is <laughs> sorry, but I'm not going to just say mm. a deer. We've seen that Willow is hiding things already and that Willow is capable of things that we would not have thought her capable of. And I don't mean her magical talents. I mean her ability to kill a fucking animal, a baby, little tiny animal um, Mm. to bring her best friend back and, you know, allegedly out of a hell dimension. Sure. But Spike is uh, Spike is spot on. Spike is fucking. Spike is always spot on with his assessments mm-hmm. of the situation. You know, he really knows what the fuck is up. And Xander is shaken by this. Like he p- tries to play it off like he's not, but he says Willow wouldn't do that. And we see him obviously, like just a few scenes later, asking Tara about it because he he yeah. does have a little Spidey sense that maybe Willow could do that. And what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, a lot of questions about what does that mean with regard to Willow lately. And then Spike reminds us, of course, on his way to his little motor scooter, that uh, magic always has consequences. Something we hear all the time, but no one ever seems to take into account. I agree. Also, can you even believe that Spike has not had a motorcycle until now? 
It's pretty stupid. The only reason that I can think of is because of the sun. Yeah. But he should definitely be nighttime motorcycling. Agree. Get out of yeah. here. Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. Spike, your trench coat. Spike, I love you. Spike, your black nails. Spike, peroxide. I mean, we know now, you know, that's how the Pride Parade begins every year with the spikes spikes on bikes, on bikes. <laughs> wow <laughs> gotta go um cool so yes uh spike says the thing that underlines the whole point of this episode which is the thing about magic is there's always consequences uh in this case in the form of a cgi blob uh that also is oh yeah a bit misty at one point and who hey has a crazy kind of a babadook voice <laughs> <laughs> listen states of matter especially when it comes to uh paranormal beings and supernatural beings is uh, they're fluid they are. They are. I, I know you know this, Jenny. I've begun my watch of Vampire Diaries, and um, there's a lot of fucking mist and fog yeah. in that universe. Yeah, I hope this doesn't accidentally become a Vampire Diaries podcast, because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. There really is. So for now, let's talk about Tara brushing her hair. Oh, do you think hey. she does 100 strokes? Probably. It looks very silky smooth. But listen, I'm building... I've got a great big stack of logs in my yard right now and I'm gathering some twigs and I have some newspaper and a long stem lighter and I'm going to make a very large fire and I'm going to collect Willow and Tara's pajamas and I'm going to burn them. (laughs) I feel so... There's so much adult clothing on 20-year-olds. You know what I mean? Well, it's sort of like Willow's pajamas look like children's clothing. Tara's pajamas look like they they came on like an American Girl doll. It's like, well, when you're you're changing your American Girl doll's outfits from her like school skirt set to her like outdoor bird watching get up, you don't want to have a naked doll. So she's got to have some some very uh, you know, puritan feeling white underset. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. I'm, uh, let me let you go on your pajama rundown roll call. No, I should just, <laughs> I've already tuckered myself out. Please go on. Last episode or two episodes ago, who knows what time and space are, but at some point in the recent history of the podcast, I was talking about my frustration about the sort of like de-sexed nature of Tara and Willow's relationship and like just like right. my frustrations around that and somebody wrote in and ma- and brought up like a really good point and said you know as somebody who's asexual I felt really hurt to hear you talk about their relationship uh, like th- to talk about it like the sex is what makes a relationship and I uh, that was not my intention but hey intention impact so I just wanted to clarify that what I mean is not that a relationship needs to include sex to be a valid relationship it is just that often uh, gay male couples are portrayed as like fucking all the time and you know queer female couples are portrayed as just like gently stroking each other's cheeks and and that is there's there's gender is in there and I just I would like it to be that like men can have meaningful relationships without fucking and I would like it to be that women can fuck 
Uh, that's all I'm saying is that like I would like a full palette. And my frustration with this is that I feel we don't have a lot of representation at this point in time in history. So it's just interesting to me. That's all. It's a thing to think about. Um, but I fully respect uh, all of you in the asexual community. Absolutely. And also, if you love to fuck in like American Girl Puritan style pajamas. Of course. Like, no shade to you either. I Absolutely celebrate that. Not. Yeah. Yeah. You you go ahead and fuck in your Puritan pajamas. You do whatever Please. you need to do. We'll wait. We, you we- can pause the pod and come back. <laughs> Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so, you know, back to these two, Tara and Willow. Uh, you know, Tara's sort of like, if you're worried, you can tell me. Uh, they, they get into bed together. She's, like, trying to soothe Willow. And, you know, they're talking about basically the lack of preparation for things to have gone right, um, which is what we've also been talking about. And then they get to this place where Willow is like, wouldn't you think she'd be happier? And Tara clocks... She hasn't said thank you like you you are looking for gratitude. And Willow says, would I be a horrible person if I said yes? And we're like, yes, (laughs) exactly. Thank you for for taking that joke bait. Uh, (laughs) Give it a minute, Willow. I mean, like, it's nice that that Willow feels safe enough with Tara to admit to we all have feelings that we know are like, okay, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I I have space for it. But it is an issue that um, and, and the issue isn't that Willow is looking for gratitude. The issue is that Willow knows that she did something she should not have fucking done. Like, that's the issue. Mm. She's not looking mm. for gratitude. 
gratitude because Willow is a person who like need does things for gratitude. That's not what it is. It's that mm-hmm. like the gratitude would absolve her. Would be validating. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. Over in the other room, Buffy takes a moment to uh, look over her many photos with friends. And you know how sometimes, you know, you go to a bachelorette party and you got a little disposable camera and you get them developed. And they come back and they have a little frame around the picture of penises or uh, maybe you don't you're not at a bachelorette party and you have a disposable camera and it has like a little frame around it when you get the pictures uh, developed of anything other than penises. Of penises uh, just also <laughs> just <laughs> recreational penises. <laughs> Yo, no buffering, uh, no context buffering cast. <laughs> Recreational penises. <laughs> uh, well, it looks like Buffy went to the Photoshop that does the thing where when you develop photos, you can get it set so that when you, you turn the, the photos in the light, you go from a regular face to a skull face. Oh, the hologram. Yes, the old face. Ye old yeah, skeleton skull, hologram skullogram. choice at CVS. Yes. Singles, doubles, mm-hmm. or skeleton holograph. How would you like your yes. photos developed? <laughs> <laughs> Remember photo collages, though? Like, everybody fucking had a photo collage. It was just all we did was fucking take photos and put them on walls and in mirrors. We loved a photo Listen, collage. Listen, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. Uh, doom scrolling had not yet been invented, so we just all had so much free time. <laughs> We would just scroll through, like, like, run our eyes across our dorm room walls to doom scroll, oh, yeah. looking at all of the memories. Yeah, that the we original had doom there. scroll. <laughs> uh, if you haven't uh, looked at the photos, you should go back and just uh, enjoy the one that is of Willow and Anya. Um, it's like, oh my god, Anya is making such a different. They are in two different photos. You know what I mean? It's Anya's so like, funny. Hi! And, yeah, and Anya's like, blue steel or whatever. The fuck. <laughs> wow. Fucking who had blue steel on their bingo card? Because I didn't. <laughs> okay, so, um, right. So the pictures changed, skeletons, dead people, whatever, and then they changed back. Meanwhile, you're like filthy little bitches, says weird, uh, yes. buffy demon thing. Yeah. Rattling I like the to wake my friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like to wake my friends up by throwing a nice projectile into a glass-framed poster above their bed, you know? Yeah. Just a little rain of shattered glass. Um, Speaking of the cute little doe idea, the Buffy manifestation demon thing, whatever, says, did you cut its throat? Did you pat its head? Which totally is, right? That's totally... I mean, this demon is real, like, willy-nilly. This demon is the properties of this demon are just whatever they need to be in any given moment. It can it can mm. make a new Buffy. It can possess a body. It can like it's just just whatever. So, but I, I did think in this moment, it's like at least. an infomercial demon. <laughs> <laughs> Call before nine p.m. and you will get a free infomercial demon with your original purchase of infomercial demon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, whatever. It's scary. It's great. The horror in this episode is very, very fun. It's very, very fun, especially when we get to Anya in a minute. Um, And then, you know, they basically realize Buffy disappears. There's no glass in the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Buffy disappears when Willow does something that people like never do in horror movies. And it makes me so mad. She turns on the light. What any <laughs> responsible person would do in such yeah. a situation. You turn that fucking light on, please. Thank you Fair. very much. Fair. <laughs> uh, I don't remember which one of them says this, but I wrote down just the quote. What in the frilly heck 
is going on? The frilly <laughs> heck, I say. Uh, I think it's Willow. And then we see something moving in the walls. It's, it's a, snake, a CGI it's a snake, bubble. It's a teeny tiny snake. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so they call Xander to warn him. And Anya is like fully inhabiting Kristen Russo uh, mode here. Are you awake? Are you awake? You talk to me. I'm awake. If I'm awake, you have to be awake. Wake up, wake up, wake up. And then the the clear phone, the 2001 clear phone rings on the headboard. Wow. Uh, but also, sorry, the, I know maybe our episodes are getting longer. And you know what? Take me or leave me, as Maureen says to Joanne. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the game that Anya wants to play with Xander is I'm going to describe an adjective with <laughs> accurate but misleading clues. And like when she said it, I was like, oh, this will be fun. I'll try to play it with Jenny. And then I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how you could describe an adjective with accurate but misleading clues. Well, I'm sorry I didn't prepare anything. But you know how like a crossword will have accurate but misleading clues? Oh. But it's weird that she specifically wants to do adjectives. Right. A- adjective is I'm what gonna really... I'm going to describe a description. Describe a description. Exactly. I'm like, how do you describe smelly in a misleading way? I'll have to get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then Anya goes into the kitchen and brings a butcher knife back and slices her whole face open. And it's Yuck. scary. And Eek. it's great. Oh, Her my eyes God. are Emma all Caulfield. white. Emma Caulfield's fucking face when she's, like, coming through the door. It's so good. What is this even? I guess it's just, like, scare Xander. But I was, I was just wondering because I feel I like mean. sometimes it has a purpose. Yeah. Sometimes it's just fucking around. It, right. You know? and, and, like, I know it's a newborn demon, right, because they manifested it. But I don't know that we've ever seen a demon of any kind who does not know what it's after. And that's what's so confusing mm. is that until later, when the demon finds out how it can live for, forever, uh, it doesn't know what the fuck it's after. So what is it doing? It's just literally fucking around. It's just fucking These around. These are great questions. These are great, great questions. <laughs> Anyway, outside. Is this the first time we've been in the summer's yard? Um, well, I think we've seen the back porch before because yes, that one course. time Spike pat, was going to kill Buffy. But um, <laughs> we've never seen this much of the yard. And what a lovely yard lovely. it appears to be. Gosh. Right. Some nice furniture. It looks like teak, mm-hmm. you know? Yep, it does look like teak. <laughs> Doing all right. Help, uh, we're old. Uh, um <laughs> Uh, they're theorizing, and Anya's like, I bet it's a hitchhiker. There are, like, these, you know, demons that ride across. They, they like, catch a ride across dimensions. Yeah. And then she says, kill the beastie, and we're rolling in puppies. Which is what I'm always saying to you, Kristen, about kill this the, podcast. Kill the beastie, and then we can just roll around in puppies? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've gotten Frank so far. I uh-huh. just need... One more, more puppy, and one? then like, the that's all it qualify. takes. Okay. Well, two is plural. Is the plural. You know, so I just didn't know if it would be enough Three puppies. or four would be better. Yeah, because arguably, like, you if we roll around in two puppies. It's just totally. And just more pup. The more, the merrier. Yes, yes. Uh, the more, the puppier. Anyway, um... I knew it was going to end badly, Anya says. Uh, I should have said something. Love that. (laughs) 
Love that. Um, Buffy comes out. She hears them saying that they're maybe going to be killing a demon. What are we killing? Anya, again, zing, a demon that you brought back from hell with you. <laughs> Don't worry, Anya will get her jingle, but I, I have a particular place where I would like Anya oh, to okay. get her jingle. It is not yet, but it will be in this podcast. Buffy catches them up on the the skull photos from CVS uh, and says, you know, I saw them and I thought I was just, you know, like going crazy, but I guess something else is going on. And Anya, very helpfully, is like, maybe you are going crazy from hell. <laughs> no, 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 she says. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> she, like, finally catches on, and it's, like, seven hours too late. It's um, great. It's great. Sarah Michelle Geller, just, like, before we get to the magic box, is really remarkably performing again. She looks... Yeah. Like, I think probably the costume department gave her clothing a little bit bigger than usual because she looks very small and frail when she's standing in the mm. yard with them. She, her speech is, like, you know, she, the way she's communicating is she's stopping, she's pausing, she's kind of disoriented at moments, um, yeah. and it's just really effective. Stilted, like, in the exact yes. right way. It's research time. Yay. <laughs> They're looking for possible hitchhikers. Um, they've narrowed it down or they've discovered some some candidates, including uh, small bone eaters and large bone eaters. <laughs> and Don's like, I hope it's small bone eaters over large bone eaters. And Anya helpfully points out actually that Don's bones are smaller than everyone else's. So maybe she shouldn't be are so they? quick. Like- I mean, are no, they? No, she's taller than Buffy. She's way That's taller than Buffy. Like, Dawn is... First of all, Dawn has normal adult-sized bones. And second of all, yeah. Dawn is, like, 15. She's going to drink a fucking coffee. I was drinking 4,000 coffees at Denny's oh my God. by age 15. So bullshit with your hot chocolate. We'll get there. Meanwhile, Buffy is like, I miss fucking Giles. Because you ding-dongs are just not what it's about here. She's real frustrated. (laughs) She doesn't like it. She doesn't. She's like, who brought the water buffaloes? Give me Giles. And Willow, feeling super self-conscious again, is just like, I know I'm a poor substitute, but Giles is going to come back. And Buffy's Mm -hmm, like, I've mm got to get the fuck out of here, which is also relatable content. Uh, Really, really. Yeah escapes to patrol and dawn is like yeah you should go i'll be safe here don't worry white eyes Ah, smiles at the camera with her white demon eyes fucking dawn breathing fire like one of khaleesi's fucking dragons is literally my favorite fucking thing in the entire world it's so great if i was an actor that would be my dream to breathe fire like a dragon yeah Anya's like, you're too young for coffee. And she's like, what about breathing fire? <laughs> uh, I love that after after uh, Dawn spouts this fire from her mouth and passes out, Anya immediately is like, I hope I didn't look like that. Did I look like that? Yeah. And she's like, I bet you'll be experiencing some dry mouth. Oh, it's yes, good. It's dry a- mouth imminent from fire, it's Anya great, predicts. Great, great Anya episode. Um, in between this moment sort of right after dawn's eyes go white and we go to commercial in 2001 when we come back before we get back to the magic box to finish the fire breathing we get this really stunning shot of buffy oh yeah 
in the cemetery and she's walking by this beautiful like angel statue and they frame it so that she has the wings. Yeah, and they and they pivot so that she keeps the wings even though she's like walking forward. Yeah. It's really cool. It's very nice. And some great foreshadowing uh, to what we will shortly learn. Uh, evil things um, have plans, says Anya, <laughs> queuing to Spike in his uh, lair. And I think I yeah, think some of can... their plans include pacing, punching the wall, buying new uh, red chairs and setting up bars mm-hmm. in your basement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spike is not kidding. It is quite posh down there. It is quite posh. Right? He's done great job and i like i have so much respect for somebody who works through their trauma and loss by redecorating because yeah that's totally what I do too. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so spike has yes and in addition to redecorating has punched the wall um and buffy walks in and st- scares him clearly clearly buffy did not want to patrol clearly buffy wanted to go be around the only person who has any shred of understanding for her current state yeah, it's like the only living boy in New York, but the only unliving boy in Sunnydale. Yes, correct. Um, Spike points out to Buffy, you know, Willow again and her powers. It's hard to get a good night's mm. death around her, he says. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a moment where she notices his hands, which is a mirror to what happened just moments ago when um, he noticed hers. And yeah. Then they sit down, and I would really like to play um, what Spike says to Buffy when they sit down. Yes. Uh, I do remember what I said. The promise. To protect her. If I'd have done that, even if I didn't make it, you wouldn't have had to jump. But I want you to know I did save you. Not when it counted, of course, but after that. Every night after that. I'd see it all again. And do something different. Faster, more clever, you know. Dozens of times, lots of different ways. Every night I save you. Can you stand it? I can't fucking I can't. stand it. I can't stand it. I can't. I can't. I like, like, I, listen, uh, I can't. <laughs> How dare. He just is so full of... You know, it's, what's interesting, though, is like he Spike is full of such grief and guilt over what he couldn't do that resulted in losing Buffy. And meanwhile, Willow is now riddled with this guilt for bringing Buffy back. Um, hmm. And I will say that Spike, as devastated as he was, like truly reliving this every night to do it the correct way never even considered bringing anybody back. Yeah, that's interesting, huh? You know, Spike really 
gives his whole heart and then some to the object of his affection. Once it got like deep, you know, I think that he has just made a lot of choices that have nothing to do with him and that have a lot to do with her and helping her. Yeah. Yeah. After her mom died. Like, I think that was probably the turning point, you know. It all goes back to my favorite episode, season five, episode 18, Intervention. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's I true. I think that's Intervention. It is. I mean, I don't know if that, I think that's right, the number. I think it's the 18th episode of season five. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, Tara's talking to Xander about seeing the sunrise from the wrong side. I thought that was a nice turn of phrase. Jane Espenson, very, very lovely. Mm. Um, and we've talked a little bit about this. Xander is questioning if she knew, if Tara knew. Um, and, and then when Tara says no, she's, he says, did anyone, do you think anyone knew? It's very pointed. Tara knows what he's asking. And she's mm-hmm. like, Willow couldn't do that. Or could she? That's what you think. Uh... Thaumogenesis. Uh Jenny, I hope in the near future that we do a special episode. We've been talking about it a little bit with uh, the wonderful Helen Zaltzman, who co-hosts Veronica Mars Investigations with you. Because That's Helen right. is just a word. She's a linguist. Uh, and I think it would be delightful because thalmogenesis is a fake word. It's it's totally fake. And I was talking to some of our listeners about it and they were like, yeah, there's like a whole butt ton of research on the mm. etymology and like the creation of words in the Buffyverse. So, oh, yeah. Well, you need is a good prefix, a good suffix, uh, basic <laughs> grasp of uh, Latin and you're just fucking off to the races. Maybe a little Greek. <laughs> Great. Can't wait for you to tell that to Helen. And uh... Don't worry. Yeah, I'll explain <laughs> language to Helen. Don't worry. Anyway, uh, for today, we don't have Helen, but uh, hope to soon. For today, we know thalmogenesis means that when you want a thing, you have to take this thing to uh, Anya corrects. This is where I want to give her. <laughs> this is where I want to give oh, her a yeah. jingle, right? Because <laughs> she says... Um, if you have, if you like want this and you have to get that other thing too, that's actually not a price. It's a gift with purchase. She spent one millennium demonically vengeance in, speaks her mind and then some. You know she's partial to the finer things and down with double boyfriends, oh yeah. Exchanging cash for goods and also services. She'd love to hold the money for you. She'll hold that cash. Just keep the bunnies far from. Anya. Love you, love you forever, Anya. Forever and ever. Okay, so they're brainstorming. Oh my god. Uh, if the demon is linked to the spell and if they send the demon away, then it would be like the spell never happened. And Don's like, yo, you can't just bring Buffy back and then send Buffy away. Like yeah. Right? Like, that's such a that's such an in- integral line from Dawn. You can't mess with people's lives this way. That is true. And that is why it is very questionable, the choices that have been made by the quartet, I will call them. <laughs> so, But, you know, these people love to, like, get all expositional when they're only halfway reading through the fucking entry in the Demonopedia. Uh, after, the, after this brief... Uh, interjection. Well, oh, wait, keep reading because the demon is temporary. It can only live if it kills the object of the spell, right? And then, thanks for the tip. <laughs> old, old, deemy white eyes fucking popping into the Xander bod for a quick how do you do. 
That's what uh, that's what Xander said to Tito last night. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's what Xander said to Tito. <laughs> okay, so Ghosty McGhosterson, who's not a ghost, Ghosty McNot Ghosterson has arrived yes. to Ravello Drive and um, and suddenly has like a shape and a look and yeah, a it's face like a weird a like mistiness, skull and a mist, and is like, you don't How did it get out of the here? floors and walls? Were you offered pretty little eyes, girl? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> this is like. This is like a fucking, it's just like a stew. It's like a horror movie stew. They're like, what is, what, are you, what is it like when you're getting like haunted or whatever again? I can't remember. There's like this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And this. Let's not worry about it too much. <laughs> yeah, like that's not the point. We just, we need to learn that Buffy was in heaven, okay? that Just get, yeah, get yeah, us yeah. there. Get us just, there. Yeah, get us there. Um. So Anya is like, you are driving this car slower than Riley drives a car. Um, what the hell? <laughs> What? How did it? What? All right. Riley drove so slow. He drove so slow. He is a safe driver, and I respect a safe driver. Just in case you're wondering. He has precious cargo whenever he's driving. Very slow because she's a law-abiding whenever he's driving. Anya actually says that Xander is driving the car like a snail, and then she realizes "Hmm, that doesn't quite make sense. You're driving the car like a snail who's driving the car slowly. Uh, Willow and Tara are like spelling McSpells, trying to make the These girls solid. memorize a lot of magical poems. Am I yeah. right? They do. And so don't much. Like, why do they always have to memorize them? Can't they just get a little like cheat, a, tele- a teleprompter? A, yes. A witch, a witch teleprompter. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like it's hard, you know, as somebody who references notes even during the taping of a podcast, it is nice to not have to reference, you know, not sure, look at the paper. Sure, but like every time you bring your your friend back from the dead and the, then there's a <laughs> demon created by the spell, every single time you do that, you have to learn a whole fucking another 16 bars. It's true. It's true. And also, don't you think that Tara is also frustrated that she memorized this whole fucking spell, but really all that needed to happen was Willow needed to be like, solid. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. That and that feels like another moment uh in this ep two of of like oh will will I guess Willow's got, got it. I guess Willow has some stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't Willow? need she didn't need Tara's assistance in the least it does not seem. Uh also I love that like moments later than Buffy, you know, the the demon the whatever the fuck it is, demon ghost, not ghosterson is beheaded hmm. and a tidy little decapitation. And it's but it is so tidy. It's like literally solid. Like they like Willow was yeah. like solid and it was like, okay, I will make you demon out of sy- styrofoam. <laughs> yeah, out of yeah. solid foam. <laughs> uh so yeah, she beheads the demon and Dawn is like, that's probably something I'm not supposed to see. And the only reason I bring it up is because Anya <laughs> just pats her on the shoulder, very like spike, like pat, 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 pat. You're fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're fine, tiny child. It's the first of many beheadings that you will witness. It's the next day. It's the next beautiful sunny day. Dawn's on her way to school. But very, wait, very horror movie. By the way, because uh, it's like a little too sunny. A little too sunny. Yeah, yeah. And because Buffy got, oh god, um, she put on. It's upsetting. Uh, what? Is... <laughs> I would like to really, we'll do a separate poll for this week where we talk about what upsets us the most. Is it Willow's 
Elmo, you know, they, they, they killed an Elmo to make that sweater she, wear, she uh-huh. wears later. Is it that sweater with, by the way, like a patchwork Christmas quilt skirt? Eek. Is it uh, Buffy's fucking Ann Taylor Loft fucking yeah, shit? Yeah, like um, re- real estate agent? What? Like, yeah, what is happening? Vibe? Or is it, it's not, because this is the least offensive, but we didn't talk about it. Anya's fucking fashion clash uh, up outside. Anya's wearing like striped pants with like a leopard shirt that has fur around it. It's very classy. Anya's can do what they want. Anya's can. But yes, uh, to, to your point, this is a rough look for Buffy. Um, it's like worse than the funeral dress somehow. Yeah, it's a lot. But she, hey, that's the kind of clothes you got to wear if you want to make... Your kid's sister lunch while she's on her way to <laughs> school. And Dawn has a very important line. So this is um, pretty massive, like kind of from here till the end, because Dawn says to Buffy, uh, you know, it was bad when you were gone. And basically, you know, mm-hmm. all they want is to see you happy. They just want to see you happy. Reminds yeah. me of like how parents fuck their kids up a lot. You know, like this idea that like you have to be. You have to be happy to be whole, um, and and mm. Buffy, right? I mean, I I don't know that like the, I'm drawing the parallel to this particular moment for Buffy, but it just reminded me of these larger pieces of our society of like, uh, as an adult person now, I'm realizing that it would have been a lot healthier if I had been brought up in a way that was like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be all of these things. And all of these things are what make you like a full person. Um, Yeah. You know, and in this moment, it clicks something for Buffy. And it's really, I don't know that we've seen, I mean, obviously Buffy jumping off of the tower and sacrificing her entire self for Dawn and the world was very big but in a lesser like in a less dramatic form i don't know that we've seen buffy do anything like she does right after she gets this information when she walks into the magic box yeah this is not like characteristic buffy behavior right she's like cut and dry cold hard truth kind of vibe but she goes into that magic box and looks into all her friend's eyes or maybe she stares at the floor uh, and says, you know, Woo, I was in hell. Woo, that was bad. Uh, thanks so much for, for getting me out. Knowing that that's what they need to hear. Yeah. Um, she, it's, it's interesting, too, the way she says it. Because there is the lie of I was in hell. That That is an untrue statement. But the way that she phrases the rest of what she says, she says it felt like the world abandoned me there. And when we connect it with what she says to spike that's not necessarily untrue it's just that the assumption is that that would be bad but it wasn't she says you guys gave me the world which is true she is in the world again and she says (laughs) unfortunately i can't tell you what it means to me also very true wow i know fee fee and then they hug her. And I just want to say that, like, I didn't really realize that every time somebody sends me that hug gif, this was the context. And I feel a bit upset about it because <laughs> it's, not as, it's, not, it's not as sweet as I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Then she goes out the, the side door, the alley door, the back door, the door, the door, the door. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Spike is there. Sun's low. Spike is there chilling in the shade. <laughs> as he does. Sun's low and it's shady. I'm like, mm. <laughs> Or 
Or you needed to start shooting scenes in daylight and couldn't do them all in the dark. There had to be yeah. a workaround for Spike because, it, yeah. Um, he, She says she wanted to be alone and he gets up to go, but like the shade is not quite shady enough uh, across the line. So she says, I can be alone with you here. He takes it as an insult. Like, Thanks. But it, it actually is, I think, quite nice. Um, I mean, I, I, to me, that just like reads very nice. Like if you can feel like comfortable. Yes, exactly. Weirdly, yeah. He says, buff, slayer, are you okay? She says, I'm here. I'm good. And he says, if you're in pain, let me know if there's anything that I can do, anything at all. And they have this like kind of quick exchange about, like, he's sort of saying, like, you know, it's been a minute since I've been in a hell dimension, but, like, I know a thing or two. And then uh, we're going to play what she says back to Spike when he says, like, you know, I know, I know about hell dimensions. I was happy. Wherever I was, I was happy, at peace. I knew that everyone I cared about was all right. I knew it. Time didn't mean anything. Nothing had form, but I was still me, you know? And I was finished. Complete. I, I don't understand theology or dimensions, any of it really. But I think I was in heaven. And now I'm not. torn out of there, pulled out by my friends. Everything here is hard and bright and violent. Everything I feel, everything I touch, this is hell. and put it under the bed. We don't want it. Keep it. No, I still have the pajama bonfire going, actually, if you just want to toss it on. Good oh Lord. My God. Oh, my God. Uh, well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. Well, like, I don't even know what to tell you. I don't know what to do for you. Any of you. I can't help you. I can't help what myself. The fuck? For those of you watching for the first time, good God. Oh, God. So sorry. We're so sorry. We didn't mean for this to happen the way that it has happened. But we are here. We are here in hell together. Pulled out yeah. of heaven by our friends. Is that this week's song? Here yeah. In you know, it's weird how you together. cut out the part of her speech where she was like, um, I was... Uh, complete i was loved i was held in the rippling arms of a certain 
butterscotch deity uh, <laughs> cradling me through uh, eternal rest. What and... actual fuck? <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine if she fucking died and then she was like, oh, I'm feeling so good. And then she found out that heaven was just being held in Riley's arms. I feel like she'd be pretty bummed out. No, that sounds tight. Literally. It would probably be like Riley and Angel, like carrying her around on their shoulders alternately, you know, like like all of the all of the kissing from Angel and all of the boot removal from Riley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice and slow. (laughs) I knew we would figure out how to do sexual tension in this episode. See, we just needed to talk about it first. Kristen. Jenny. Who are today's sexual <laughs> tension award nominees? Tell me all about it. Why are you and talking I'll chime to in. me? Okay. Um, because I didn't write them down when we just paused to discuss we, them. <laughs> we, we had none. No, we had one. Jenny brought one to the table. Usually we have like four out of the gates. And I was like, okay, if we only have one when we get to them, then like maybe we'll just ask our listeners to help us. But we figured it out. So uh, first is the, the one that you brought to the table, Jenny. What did you, what did you walk in with? I walked in with Anya's foot <laughs> and Anya's mouth. Yeah, they have a lot of tension in this episode. They're just constantly circling one another, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking <laughs> about it. A light touch, backing off, thinking about it, thinking about it. And we've got um, Buffy and Spike, which uh, off off mic, Jenny and I were discussing that this this might not be, uh, this isn't a 1080 pH. D. What do you call it? Oh my fucking god! Yeah, it's not a porn doctor, as Kristen would have you believe, but rather an emotional connection so deep that it defies even the high definition of 1080p. Wow! So get yeah. your plasma TVs out, kids. Uh, in the third position. Wow, I just realized you put me in charge, which gives me safety. Uh, In the third position, we have uh, Angel and Riley and Buffy in heaven. Hell yeah, heavenly fucking. (laughs) Heavenly creatures part two. Uh Uh-huh. And how. And how. Um, And in the fourth slot, we have... Oh, the fourth slot, you say? One more nom for the fourth slot? Shut up, shut up. (laughs) All of you, <laughs> all of you, with whoever wearing Puritan pajamas. Nice. You kids have a great safe time out yeah. there. I'm going to call it on Twitter. I'm going to call it the Puritan pajama party. So hell yeah, we did it. I think we deserve some kind of award for figuring out four different fucking things to put in this poll. But um, you can follow us at Buffer and Cast on Twitter. The poll goes up the day that the episode airs. It lasts for seven days. And um, we count the votes right away. We know immediately who has won. Uh, yes. Yeah, we are fast counters. Uh, immediate return on your deposit, as it were. We're taping this episode on November 5th, so that joke that we just made may not age like a fine wine or a cheese, Mm. but you know what? Mm. Who cares? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Kristen. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard.
Wow. Good to know that if something unforeseen were to happen to me, not like death or anything, but if I were rendered temporarily orally unavailable, that Kristen would be able to <laughs> orally Kristen would be able to <laughs> unavailable. Jenny Owen Young. Kristen would be able to fucking record this fucking segment. Yes. You know what Jenny. I mean? If, happy, for example... Happy. <laughs> happy to take over for you orally anytime. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> okay, moving right along. Somebody tweeted at us the other day and was like, I don't know when this became a thirst podcast. And I was like, I don't even know exactly what that means, but now I feel like I do. <laughs> like in this moment, it has come clear to me that perhaps that person was right. And you're all welcome. Uh, so, Jenny, who are you? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, my good gravy. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not making this podcast with Kristen, I am usually writing and recording songs. I've put out a lot of stuff since the last time we taped an outro, and I'm just going to run it down really quick. I hope that's not offensive. Um... A few things, a few things, a few things have come to light. I just released a really, what I think is a very beautiful video for my song Vampire Weeknight. Um, I collaborated with this incredible, uh, this incredible digital painter and artist, Mariela Sandia, uh, who is from Costa Rica. She's so sick. And uh, it was such an honor and privilege to to work with her and her team. Um, You can find that video on YouTube and where, where videos live. How about in the show notes? Oh, yeah, and a link in the show notes. Why not? And then also... Last Friday, November 6th, which is actually tomorrow from where I'm currently taping. <laughs> wee-oo, um, wee-oo, wee-oo. I, oops, accidentally released four songs, and here's what they are. On Bandcamp, on my Bandcamp, you can find um, an acoustic version of my song Wake Up, which I decided to release on Bandcamp because, mm. A, it's Bandcamp Friday, and B, uh, the original album version of Wake Up just passed a million streams on Spotify Aww. because of BoJack Horseman. Thanks so much, BoJack Aww. Horseman, for featuring the song. Um, I also put out uh, two songs, Sunfish and Follow You, which were just on Bandcamp previously. Now they're on Spotify and all the DSPs. And Charlie Harding of Switched on Pop and I collaborated on a very emotional Blink-182 cover that just came out. Wow. Uh, we covered Damn It in a slow sort of atmospheric piano ballad form. Uh, so you can find that on Bandcamp as well. Uh, and hey, I also make a podcast with Helen Salzman who rocks called Veronica Mars Investigations. You can listen to that. You can uh, learn about me on JennyOwenYoungs.com. Give me a shout on Twitter at JennyOwenYoungs. Thanks for letting me talk this long, Kristen. <gasps> This one time on Bandcamp. Wow. I am Kristen Russo, and mostly I just read emails from everybody uh, about Buffy and science, math, porn, all sorts of things. You know, it's just whatever wing, whatever you wing my way. But uh, I also, hey, I do a whatever really fun... Whatever you wing my way, the Kristen Russo story. <laughs> I also make a very fun Patreon-only podcast with Joanna Robinson called Feels Like the First Time. We just finished a really fun jaunt uh, through October, which had us watching all manner of, of spooky films, one of them being The Duke, which I had never seen. Um, pretty freaky. Babadook, Duke, Duke. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a treat I didn't expect. Uh, thank you, Jenny. 
And um, I work with the LGBTQ community. Uh, I do talks. I do workplace talks. Uh, it's, you know, I used to do them digitally before there was a pandemic. And now that there is, it's even more convenient that I can do that. So um, I talk to workplaces. I talk to schools. I do GSA talks. Uh, and you can find out all of that good stuff at kristinnolene.com. Did you know that once upon a time I wrote a book? Because I never talk about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I you wrote, wrote a book, book, huh? Yeah, I wrote a book. It's called This is a Book for Parents of Gay Kids. And it, I... I if I do say so myself, it fucking rules. Uh, I think every parent should read it. Um, and I never talk about it. I, like, forget that it exists. But it's a very useful tool. And um, now you know if you didn't before. And, hey, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Kristen Noline. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Well, Buffering the Vampire Slayers on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. Or drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. In fact, you can even go one step further and leave us a voicemail at 216-30-B-U-F-F-Y. Hell yeah. You can support us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a is a very, very amazing community. You get really cool shit like access to the secret Facebook group. You get music in advance before it releases. You get to do Buffy watches with us. You get to do uh, live stream hangs with us. You can even get like exclusive merch if you're up there in one of the top tiers. Um, and I will say it is the reason the support that we see on Patreon is the reason that we've been able to grow our team over the last several months. Oh, yeah. And and I like, you know, I'm sure some of you understand that. But just in case you don't understand that, that it is literally because of that support that we've been able to do some really, really, really important work here in the space and with the podcast. So um, if you don't support us over there and you'd like to, uh, we would really love that um, because we are continuing to grow and continuing to do uh, new stuff here in the space. Uh, you can find out all about our Patreon at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just Click on Patreon and hey, you can also find the new fucking t-shirt by Isabella Rotman. It rules. It's a fucking witch <laughs> with Buffy tattoos upon their body surrounded by, this is a little trivia, the three flowers that Willow needed to create the lightning ball uh, to, you know, she was trying to, with Tara, for the, the light ball, the vampires. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it says... <laughs> <laughs> and it says, you messed with the wrong witch. So it's fucking great. Um, and we released it on Halloween. It's up in the store. It's up in both stores, um, U.S. and U.K. And you can go find that also on the website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. And now, it is my pleasure, honor, and privilege to say, till next time. Uh, uh, woo! I'm a great big energy blob I'm a great big energy blob I wrote in on your resurrection I am who I am, don't ask any questions I'm a great big energy blob I'm a great big energy blob I like looking like your friends, breaking lots of glass, smelling all the death, moving really fast, and scooting all around underneath the wallpaper. I'm a great big energy blob. I'm a great big 
energy blood. If you're wondering about my story, well, sometimes I'm corporeal and other times I'm not. I'm just a great big energy blood. I like making you see skulls on every snapshot, breathing lots of flame inside the magic box, scooting all around underneath the carpet. I'm a great big energy block Floating like ascension mist And thank you so much for the tip About who I should knock off I'm a great big energy block I love to whisper lots of things That are discouraging Writing to your ear Like you don't belong here Scooting all around Under the linoleum I'm a great big energy block At least before you cut my head off I was a great big energy block Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do that's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 